Good morning. Thank you for joining us for this, the 53rd installment of Face the Truth, the weekly podcast of the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas. As always, I count it a great honor to have you listening. I trust that today's episode will be a blessing to everyone who tunes in. I want to encourage you to join us this weekend, August the 9th. We will once again be having church in our sanctuary at our regular service times. Beginning this Sunday, we will be having two services, Sunday morning at 10 and Sunday evening at 6. Once again, we are asking that you make note of a few guidelines for attendance. First, we're asking that everyone please wear a mask or face covering while inside the building, except when you are in your pew. Second, please sit in pews that are not marked as unavailable. Third, you will be dismissed by row. Fourth, please do not congregate or visit inside the building. And finally, if you are visiting on the parking lot, please maintain proper social distancing and or wear a mask. For those that are sick or do not feel comfortable attending, we will be streaming our services online. You can listen via Facebook, YouTube, or on our website at newlifepc.com listen. For the last two weeks, we've been involved in a study of the nine gifts of the Spirit, which are listed in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12. In the first episode, we introduced the subject, we listed the gifts, we grouped them into three categories, and last week we began looking at the first of those categories, which we have described as the gifts of revelation. The three gifts which provide us with the divine ability to know are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Let us turn our attention now to the passage in question and once again read the complete list of all nine gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Today we will examine three more of these gifts which we have grouped together as the gifts of power. These gifts provide us with the divine ability to act. These are the gifts of faith, gifts of healing, and the working of miracles. Now, the gift of faith is the expression of a supernatural, miraculous faith that's imparted to meet the challenge of a special situation. It should not be confused with saving faith or with faith, which is a quality of the fruit of the Spirit. The gift of faith is about a divine impartation of the ability to trust God, whether for power or for sustenance. It's often accompanied by a holy boldness, which may come on one quite unexpectedly to meet a human need, a sudden crisis, or a spiritual challenge. 
This gift expresses an unselfish faith that dares to believe for the supernatural now. The heart is suddenly emptied of doubt, and faith then sees the impossible as not only possible, but as becoming a reality. Faith as a gift comes as a knowing to the point of accepting the act as already done. It speaks of things that are not yet manifest to the natural senses uh, as though they were. One preacher even described it as speaking things in faith as though they were already settled. After all, according to Hebrews 11 and 1, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Romans 4, 7 uh, tells us that God calleth those things which be not as though they were. When God called Abraham the father of many nations, he was not yet a father of many nations. But when God said it, everything necessary to bring it to pass went into motion. I believe that we can see the imparting of this gift of faith to the Apostle Paul during a storm at sea. In Acts chapter 27, verses 20 through 22, the Bible says, When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Luke, who was the writer, said that all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Yet the apostle Paul stood on board that ship and said, be of good cheer. I submit to you there is no way a person could have that kind of confidence without a special impartation of faith. In my own life, I was taken with a sickness at an early age and just felt an assurance that I should not go to the doctor, but rather trust in God. I, I grew very, very sick, running an extremely high fever and unable to keep any foods down. And then I began to lose blood. And it was a difficult situation for me as a young boy. But in the midst of one of the darkest hours of my life, God gave me a scripture, Isaiah 41, verses 9 and 10, to whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Through that situation, God reached down, gave me strength. I held on for a number of weeks, but finally healing came to my body, and God raised me up from that place. I believe this was the gift of faith in operation in my life. 
And so the gift of faith is simply the divine imparting of the ability to trust God when everything within you makes you want to worry or fear. Now, with regards to the gifts of healing, there is much speculation as to why the plural gifts is used here. It ought to be considered that healing can come through many different channels. For example, it can come through the laying on of hands or anointing with oil, anointed prayer cloths. Uh, It appears it may even have been accomplished through the shadow of an apostle. And so there are many different ways for healing to be accomplished. And so many scholars believe that's the reason why this is not just called the gift of healing, but the gifts of healing. I find it interesting that the apostles in a time of persecution prayed for this gift. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Furthermore, It's evident that God granted this request. Acts chapter 5, verse 16, There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Acts 8 and 7, For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many of them uh, that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. So the gifts of healing represent the working of God through an individual to bring about a divine cure of the issues which affect mankind. So let us now discuss the third gift in this group we've called the gifts of power, and that is the working of miracles. Miracles are not human interpretations of natural events. They are an interruption of the natural order as we understand it. They often have to do with providing protection or giving provision, casting out demons, altering circumstances. Uh, You know, the, the interruption of the natural order would be things like making the sun stand still or causing a virgin to conceive. Now, one example of a miracle would be Peter's deliverance from prison. Acts chapter 12, verses 5 to 10, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, that same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which openeth to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. So what we see 
is an interruption of the natural order of things as chains fall off, lights are shining, doors are opening. These things are miracles. Now, I will tell you, sometimes there's a fine line between miracles and healing. An illustration of how the gifts of healing and the working of miracles might differ uh, would be that healing might involve the mending of an eardrum that's been busted, while a miracle might involve the creation of an eardrum where none existed. So miracles then involve something more than just the healing of sicknesses uh, in an individual. Now, I will, I will say this, that miracles can sometimes be negative, such as when Ananias and Sapphira were struck dead. And, and Elymas, the sorcerer, was struck blind. I, having said that, I do want to remind you that in our first lesson, I pointed out that the gifts of the Spirit are for the intent of building up and never tearing down. So how then would I reconcile these two facts, that, that the gifts are always for building up, uh, and yet I've said that miracles can be negative, such as Ananias and Sapphira being struck dead or the sorcerer being struck blind. Well, the answer is very simple, and, and that is this, that the operation of this gift of miracles did build up the church, even though they tore down the enemy. In the case of Ananias and Sapphira, look at what happens. Acts chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. So yes, it started negative with the death of these hypocrites, but the overall purpose of this gift uh, was for the building up of the body of Christ. Same thing is true with the sorcerer being struck blind. Acts 13, 12 says that after this happened, the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. So again, we have a soul added to the kingdom of God. Uh, so the overall uh, purpose of the use of the gifts of the Spirit will always be to bring about a positive reaction in the kingdom of God in some way. Although the use of the gift of miracles may have been negative for those upon whom it was used, it's obvious that the end result of this gift was extremely positive for the church as a whole. To conclude this study of the gift of the working of miracles, let me just stress again that it's the divine intervention and interruption of natural circumstances and situations, changing them according to the plan and purpose of God. Before I end this podcast, please let me make one thing very clear. The gifts of power are never performed in order for carnal men to look good or spiritual or mighty. Uh, 
They are provided in the interest of a need, not an ego. Have you ever wondered why Jesus refused to turn stones into bread at the end of his 40 days of fasting? I believe it was because he was not willing to use miraculous powers merely in his own self-interest. Rather, his miracles were always for the benefit of someone who was in need other than himself. Church, we need to keep this principle in mind should the Lord ever choose to use us in the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, or the working of miracles. In fact, we should keep it in mind when God uses us in any way. After all, consider what God said to Paul, who was mightily used by God in many different ways. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 9. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Did you get that? Paul said his thorn in the flesh was given to him lest he should be exalted above measure. In other words, God made sure there was a constant reminder in Paul's life that these miracles were not performed by Paul's own power or ability. These gifts, these gifts of power, as well as really all of the gifts of the Spirit, ought to be always used for the purpose of building up God's kingdom, not building ourselves up as individuals. Let me say once more how much I appreciate you joining us today. Also, I want to remind you that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything you need, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer requests to prayer at olathatruth.com. That's prayer at olathatruth.com. Be sure to join us for our services this weekend. We will be returning to our regular schedule of Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and on our website, newlifepc.com listen. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.